0: Hey guys, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. Of course, there's been no flagship show this week, as uh, myself and the boys have not been all together at once to record one. So, this will be the main show this week. So, hopefully, you enjoy your Itchery's Town fix from us. I'm joined by the regulars and also a man making his debut this week in a man called George Mann, another man. Loads of man's been saying, um, in this episode, we're going to be bringing more positivity because the last episode was very negative um, for obvious reasons. Um, but we're third in the league. Why are, we, why are we negative? But you know We'll go on to that. I'll let David mention that later. Um, but George, thank you very much for joining us for the first time, my friend. And I keep saying my friend. I'm sorry, people listening. <laughs> I keep saying that. Uh, but George, how you? Have th- you had a good week? And uh, your positivity of town season so far?
1: Well, Ross, thanks for having me on, really. Um, Yeah, I've I've been all good. It's been, well, I don't know what you can really get out of lockdown 0.2 or whatever it's called. It's been bang average. But yeah, well, my one positivity is of this town season has been Teddy Bishop, the return of Teddy Bishop. We haven't seen too much of him really out of the last few seasons. Saw a little bit of him at the end of last season in March. He's come back in flying form, 11 appearances, four goals, one assist in League One this season. And he's just he's added something to it, it's just midfield He's looked quite creative it's has been i would say a little bit negative in midfield the past few seasons and him coming back it's just he's added something to it, it's just game he scored a few goals a good winner against Gilliam, and a brilliant goal against blackpool but yeah it's good to see him back as well
0: cool and i wonder if i didn't mention in the intro the flagship show normal service will resume next week so the boys will be back um HeePhi, Hutchie and Stu, and maybe myself. We'll see what we're doing. Uh, next up, we have Liam. Liam from Crew, making his return after a little uh, break last week. Um, how you been doing? And uh, your positive thoughts on Town season so far?
2: Um, I'm doing fine. Um, I'm staying away from the lockdown up in up in Scotland. Um, able to actually move around freely without uh, any suspicions <laughs> put on that I'm breaking any rules and um, so it's been nice um and of course that's going to be nice for me on saturday where uh, i get another year older um so unlike david uh, this is the first time i've mentioned it um coming up so um i will be 31 on saturday which is a bit uh, scary i don't know where my uh, where my life is going at the moment uh, lost all my twenties. And now all of a sudden I'm a year into my thirties and I can see, um, John is facepalming there cause he's probably the same old adage of you're still young. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of positives, well, we're third. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty much, um, the main positive to take from it. Um, I think everything that was said last week is spot on. Um, so, but we're third, um, and we've 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 done enough to be third at the moment. Um, and I think there are uh, the, the positive is players to come back. I think players to come back, and hopefully that will things will click better um, once we have our complete first team out, and we may we may just start clicking in that formation but it is a big if um but there are players still to come back so we're third and can only get stronger
0: cool and uh, of course you mentioned the other two joining us this week john and david i want to go over to david first as i normally leave him last so i don't do that <laughs> deliberately david i just it just happens I don't think uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> you had a good week and uh yeah you've got a positive to to add to what the guys have said already
3: yeah, generally a good week. Spent a lot of time um, doing the whole Trans Awareness Week stuff, um, pushing that out. Uh, missing pubs horrendously. Um, Football-wise, there are—I mean, regardless of my rant last week, um, which I stand by every word I said—but equally, there are a lot of positives around. I don't think that being third is particularly one of them, because we should be pissing this, but um, because, as somebody said, it's an average league. But if you look individually, there's Bishop, there's Edwards. They're both um, real positives. Dizelle's emergence is a positive. Chambers' performance at right back. The fact that um, Toto hasn't been a complete and utter total disaster is a positive. Ward (laughs) is a positive. Um, You know, there are a lot of... McGuinness, Wolfenden, when when he's been in there, there are a lot of little positives here and there. And the emergence of people like... Uh, McGavin the other day and Dalber in the two or three performances he's, he's given there's a lot of cameo performances which I'm really impressed by and I think that you can take a lot of those and think the future's very bright that that's the big positive for me is that the potential the seeds are there to be able to do something really good my frustration is that they're a little bit over there and a little bit over there and we need to get them all together at the same time being seedy together seedy because i'm not suggesting they're seedy people yeah yeah uh
0: and then we'll move on to introduce the <laughs> final man joining us this week and that is good old john watson who had to be fair gave us the idea to bring the positivity to this podcast so uh john hope you had a good week and uh yeah have you got some more po- positives to add
4: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on again, Ross. Always a pleasure to uh, speak to you guys um, and speak about our beloved of touchdown. And that's positive in itself, that we want to talk about the club that we love. There's my first positive. I listened back to the podcast last time um, and I agree with everything we said, but we were negative. um, But that's how we're feeling. So that's an honest, it's an honest take, isn't it? Um, But I did suggest looking at some positives. And I agree um, wholeheartedly what everybody said so far. Um, You could focus just on Teddy Bishop himself. I think that's been an excellent uh, bonus for us this year, that he's fit and played consecutive games. You could say the same definitely about um, Luke Luke Wolfenden getting back now. But um, Lancaster being back, what a horrendous injury for a young lad. There's another mini positive Obviously, we still want more to come from Bishop and Lancaster. I, I think Chambers has been a real positive this season. A real positive. Um he's tried to silence some critics and he's put in really good, solid performances and actually been better than good at times. I think he's been really good. Um Guion, your boy, has clearly been, you know, we've lots of us said he was our player of the season so far. So that's a massive positive. Um the surprise one for me is still Dazel. I think he's really staked a claim for being on that team sheet unless he's suspended every single game. But for me, not necessarily the formation, because I'm still not convinced that it's good enough or the way we play it is good enough. But the more settled selection has to be the positive. I think that was doing all of our heads in last season. Like You just didn't know what we are going to do within a game, let alone, um, you know, game to game he was lambert was changing formation and personnel and it has been a lot more settled and less unnecessary faffing around so for me there are lots of positives and as as david rightly said it's about trying to bring them all together that would make it all shiny and brilliant wouldn't it putting all those positives all in the same basket and getting that consistently positive would be even better but yep yeah, um yeah you know, for me, I, I actually really it was good to have a break last weekend on the Saturday because I realised I really missed my club, and that's a positive because I missed it, and I, I actually thought on Saturday morning, I'm not that bothered that we're not playing today, but actually I did miss it, so there's another positive. So it's good to be back talking about football again..
0: And, uh, so yes, as John said, we haven't got we didn't have a game on the weekend, so a little break for us, but teams in League One still played. Uh, Peterborough played, Sunderland played and also whole city. Um, Only Hull City won on the weekend. They beat Bertie in 2-1. Uh, but Sunderland were beaten at home to MK Dons and Crew beat Peterborough, who are top of the league, of course. Uh, we went down to third because Hull City, of course, won. Um, but then Jimmy Walker, the goalkeeping coach, made some comments on Twitter saying, you know, the league is very average um, and, you know, we're... We need to, we've got some big games coming up, and if we don't win those games, then we should just wrap it up now, basically. Um, so your thoughts on his comments? It's great to see a coach coming out there um, and put stuff out on Twitter. He's very vocal on Twitter anyway. He does a lot of stuff on there. But who would like to first speak about the results? You know, town didn't play, and sometimes teams sometimes win, and they sometimes lose and all that. Jazz. So David, yes. Well,
3: I mean, as I said about the Sunderland game, I don't think Sunderland are that thing Really, I didn't think that, that we should be intimidated by them. Which, um, But, I mean, what Walker said is, is absolutely right. It's an average league. The fact that we play, you know, we played 48 different formations every five minutes last season and we still beat everybody in the bottom half of the table says it really, doesn't it? The resources, and it's not their fault. I mean, Accrington or something like that, I've got the greatest respect for it. I, I really like Accrington. Or Rochdale. They can be playing, off, playing a fantastic season for them. But their resources, you know, a good crowd might be three, four thousand. Their resources are so far below what we what we do in a bad time that they can't reach out where we are. So I think he's absolutely right. It's it's a really divided league. You've got half the league who've got potential to be lower championship side. And then a lot who are really jump up and down like Mansfield, Rochdale between what was the third division and the fourth division. And if you look at the history of it, they've done the same all the way through Lincoln and Mansfield, all of those, they're just up and down the same thing. Um, So I think he's bang on. Um, What interested me was if he's saying that out loud, what does Lambert think about that? You know, because Lambert's busy going, we're amazing. We're fantastic. We're brilliant. We're um, superb, superfluous. No, not superfluous. That's him. Um, but does that make us ludicrously, outstandingly average or fantastically average or averagely fantastic? I'm not quite sure. But it, what it did for me was to raise that eyebrow about. Was Jimmy Walker just sort of sitting on his sofa with a cup of tea going, yeah, this is a bang average lead. It's a bit crap. We should be doing that. Or was he having a, a, a sort of subtle dig at other people who have perhaps overspoken about some of our recent performances? I'm minded to think that it might be a little bit of the latter. I enjoyed it greatly, and he's bang on.
0: Cool. And uh, what do you think then, John? Um, your feelings on this, and do you think... You know, of course, Paul Lambert probably he's not on social media, but I'm sure he may have got told about this. I,
4: I would like to, th- I would like to have been a fly on the wall when Lambert got told about it, if he didn't already know about it. Because either Lambert's doing a a, a kind of smokescreen to take pressure off the players by just telling us all this nonsense about how brilliant we are all of the time and how we're perfect and we're playing incredible football and we're nae normal and you know all that kind of jazz, but. um and maybe they've decided that's what they're really thinking. Maybe I like to think Jimmy Walker was sitting on the sofa, maybe after a beer or a, or a cup of tea and just went, oh, I'm going to say how it is. I would love to think that is actually the squad mentality because that is the, the truth. And I'd rather hear that, if I'm being honest, than the, the, the hyperbole of us saying, how of Lambert saying how brilliant we are. I think we'd all say we're really clinical against Blackpool and we played quite well in places in other games. But I haven't heard one fan say that we've been superb this season because we haven't. We've been pretty good for parts of some games and bang average for some games. Um, sorry. Uh, Is that Alexa? Alexa, you just started speaking in the background. Um, I, I even get heckled by electronics, you know. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I, I'm really pleased that uh, Walker said that because... I think he must have been listening to our pod because I'm sure I said last week that we we're a bang average side in a, in, a, in an average league. Um, it's there for taking. Let's let's bring it on. Let's use that and go. Yeah, we can. Let's be positive and go for it rather than making excuses at times. Um, I would love to know what Lambert really thinks. I really would because. That could be an end of a beautiful relationship, or it could be, oh, what you like, Jimmy? I don't know. I just don't know their relationship. Jimmy Walker seems like a genuine guy to me, a football fan, an ex-pro, straight from the heart kind of guy. So I think he said it as it is, and he's probably gone up in lots of fans' estimations. I'm not saying he wasn't liked before, but lots of fans who have read that will go, go, Jimmy, lad. Yeah, too right. You know, so... I, I quite enjoyed it and I'll, I'll occasionally like seeing the, like a hornet's nest kicked over or something because you know it's nice to see what comes out of that but if I was Luke Chambers or Stephen Ward in that change room as a senior pro or, you know we've got people like Nolan who have done it at that level we've got people like Judge uh-huh, um, people like that who are better than League One Emir Hughes you know we've got people in there who should be as a collective group going yeah let's do this really drive for it so yeah, I enjoy hearing the comments.
0: I'll, um, of course, say all the comments now because I've finally found it on my phone. I was trying to do it during the intro to this uh, topic, but then I didn't have it in front of me. So, um, so yeah, his tweet went as follows. Some good results for us today, of course, on Saturday. Um, it's just town massive few weeks ahead. League One is bonkers, as Mick McCarthy would say. Um, and I dare to say it, very average. A lot of emojis, of course, involved. Um, if we don't finish top four minimum, we might as well wrap up. Um so Liam, George, any other comments to add of what um John and David said?
2: Well, I think um he's bang on with what he's saying. Um I do think that what Lambert says is very much a PR thing. Um it's to try and take the pressure off the players, I think. Um and 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 try and I suppose I dunno with the fans i don't know if because it's more antagonistic if anything basically trying to pull the the wool um from our eyes kind of going oh we're playing fantastic when we can all see that it's it's not been it's not been anywhere near that standard um i i said a few weeks ago that it's been adequate um they've done enough to win the games that they've had to but there's no 90 minute performance. It's there. There, there's, and I, I, I listened to last week's pod, and the same points were raised. I think it's Thomas who mentioned it, saying that um, they they slow starts, and then they get to get um, maybe get a goal or, or something happens in the game which wakes them up, and then they dip again. and And it's the same throughout every game. There's there's no consistent 90 minute performance. Um, and um, League One is very difficult. It is very difficult to get out of. Um, you can see that there's no standout teams. Last season there was no standout teams. I mean, Coventry were a decent side, but I mean they won't stand out. Um, and and Rotherham um, again, uh, a different type of team, uh, more physical, but they got the results with the style of play that they play, but. I wouldn't say that they're outstanding. And and you look at the results that have, have happened this season so far. Peterborough dropped points um, to my hometown club on, on Saturday and Sunderland lost at home. Um, whole city got battered a few weeks ago. Um, uh th- no one is standing out and, and and that includes Ipswich. So it is a it is a difficult league to get out of. Um but it is it is very average. There 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 isn't the and and that goes for everything, including the officiating, which which is also an, another issue that's probably holding teams down. Um, but um I don't want to bring up like go back to Uh, what was discussed last week about the FA Cup and about uh, cup competitions and and league and so on versus the league. But um, I um, saw a stat um, that someone put out on Twitter that out of all of the teams that are in the bottom two tiers of the Football League, Ipswich, behind Oldham, are the second... Have the second longest run in those bottom two tiers without a promotion. And that and that obviously was ninety-nine two thousand. The only one being longer than that is Oldham, who didn't get a promotion, haven't been promoted from a division since um, I think it was ninety one ninety two.
0: So Thanks, it for just us, shows you. Thanks for reminding us, Liam. Thanks for reminding us. Cheers, mate. It just,
2: just shows you how far that how far down it is and how much they've got to get out this season. It is average. Town are average, but they can be better than average with, with some of the players they've got. Um, I so think brilliant. all this stuff that
1: Lambert says, we're,
2: we're not... We're, all, everything that Lambert says, I take it with a pinch of salt. I don't don't care what, what he says um, at all because um, I can see with my own eyes what I'm watching and um, it's been... Adequate against the teams that we needed to beat, um, and has done enough to win them, um, but haven't been enough against the the bigger teams that the ones that are more troubling because they're the ones that we need to show that we can actually compete against. And at the moment, we can't seem to get results against anyone in that uh, in that top half. And I think someone said it last week town do get promoted but they can't rectify that sort of issue in this division they're going to get absolutely murdered in the championship so yeah um telling it as it is i think is is exactly what it is um and whether lambert authorized it or not well who cares he's he's, he's basically sh- uh, not insulting our intelligence like lambert tries to do
0: yeah. Of course, just Jimmy Walker's own personal Twitter, so he can do whatever he wants. So, uh, David, um, any more things to add?
3: Just very quickly, Liam made me think there. Mike Bacon um, wrote in the East Anglian today, really nice piece, and he was basically sort of riffing on this same topic of bang average, and it's about belief. The two thousand, and he referenced uh, Matt Holland, you know, saying that that two thousand side just believed they could do it. And that mental strength, and you wonder about that do do the pl- one do the players believe anything that Lambert's saying about being fantastic and amazing? I can't believe they do because they know how they've played. They, I mean you do, don't you? But you know, if we go into games with that thing, this is Ipswich, that's Shrewsbury. We can we should we should be beating this lot if we do this, this and this, you know properly. And you've got that inner self-belief, which I think, however limited he may be in other ways, someone like Ward or Chambers does have. And you want, you know, Chambers has got that winning mentality, whatever else you may say about him. And I question sometimes whether we've got that um, arrogance about the rest of the side to turn around and just go, yeah, we're going to win this because we're better than them which is what the Matt Holland, Herman Herides and all of that lot used to do. You can say the same about the Kiwamia, um, Dazelle, class under Lyle, Bent and Coochie, perhaps, you could su- 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 suggest, couldn't you, under Royal, where we nearly came there. Do we think that this side's got that arrogance that says we're just better and self-belief in that way? And that's what we need in order to stop being average. It's not the quality of the player. It's not the quality of the um the, the squad as a whole, it's the, the ethic which just says, yeah, we're better than this. We're going we're gonna to wipe the floor with this division. And that's where it comes. That's the, that's the dividing line. It's what makes somebody bottle a championship race like Newcastle did, for instance, all those years ago. It, 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 it's, that, it's that self-belief which you need. And I question whether Lamberts got that within this squad.
0: Okay. And then, George, to wrap up this topic, uh, your final thoughts, my friend? Say that again.
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm too polite here. I I like to, everybody else can go first. I'm too polite here. I'm sorry (laughs) about that. Um, (laughs) Well, I agree with everything he said in the tweet. I think it's, we've not seen this in a long time. It's a town, somebody actually saying how it is. Lambert's just always gone, we're brilliant. And I go, we're not. We've lost. Like, how how can that be brilliant? (laughs) We played well, but we lost. But, this is fantastic what he's tweeted out, and I think it's it's gonna get the fans wild. And we need that, we need the fans to actually believe that you know, Lambert does take a lot of the pressure off the players, we have seen it, but that does creep through eventually, and he doesn't say how it is, and it's all like, What's the whole point? But it's just fantastic what he said here. But yeah. But the one point is if we don't get top four, like saying here, what what's gonna happen from there if we don't get it? Is there gonna be any change? That's the one thing he's saying that we've got to get top four here. If we don't get top four, what's going to happen next? That's that's my big question from this tweet. Like, is Lambert going to go? Is, is it going to be changed?
0: Probably Mark is
1: this town. Nice to get it, So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we'll move on to the next topic on the pod, and it's about subs. So, yeah, the EFL have now confirmed that five subs are now allowed um, in the Championship, League 1 and League 2. Um, of course, Paul Lambert loves doing subs very late on in games. I've actually got some stats from Stu, good old Stuart Watson. He's done a piece today of all the subs that were made this season so far. I'm going to just do the, the last few games because I won't go through all the other games because there's, there's a lot to talk about. Um, so let's go and look at the last two home games Um. No, two league games, sorry, against Crewe and Sunderlands. Of course, Crewe was a 1-0 win. Um, a 6-9th minute change was Jackson on for Hawkins. Lancaster on for Bishop in the 80th minute. Then Bennett came on for Sears in the 84th minute. Once again, we we're 1-0 up against Crewe. And he's making them changes. And then the final game, of course, in the league was away at Sunderland. Um, Hawkins coming on in the 76th minute uh, for Jackson. And then Bennett's coming on in the 89th minute for Lancaster. So, David, I want to go over to you first because I know you've got a lot to say on this. <laughs> Your thoughts on the five subs. Um, a lot of people go, "Well, wow, why didn't they do this from the beginning, you know, of the season? Why are they only now bringing it in
3: now? Because they're idiots. Um, <laughs> um, I can actually, I mean, I can sum up my entire thought on it in, in the fact that um, it's bloody stupid, pointless, irrelevant, shouldn't happen. There you go. Finished. Um <laughs> Oh, no, that's because that's it's me. Um, no, I, well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about changing it halfway through a season, no. I mean, have we have we genuinely, across all, all of those three leagues, had some, such a splurge of um, astounding injuries going on that um, clubs are being sort of decimated and games are being ruined? I haven't noticed it. Um, I haven't noticed games going down to nine players because there's people limping off um so I think it's unnecessary I think that doing something halfway through a season is unnecessary um I'm personally not up for three subs in a game anyway because I don't see the point of it it just um gives extra power to the bigger sides and it's notable in the Premier League that it keeps being voted down because Liverpool Manchester United and Manchester City obviously want lots of substitutions and everybody else goes no we don't that's not very fair go away. Um yeah, it might benefit us. Um well, it probably would benefit us if we had a competent manager, but it won't. Um but that doesn't it doesn't make it right. Um I know the game's faster and all of those things, but then also players are fitter. But I go you go back to 81 and you're looking at sort of Robson using about nine players all season when you had one substitute and a man with a sponge and an orange. Um, you know it's it's. I, I say I just, I just don't see the need for it. The substitutions is there to stay, but it should be three, not five. Um, once it comes in, I can't I think they'll carry on with it, and it'll become this sort of weird sort of running rotation of t- double squads, and it'll just benefit all of those clubs that have got stupid amounts of money again. So I go back to my initial summary, Bloody stupid, no.
0: before we go over to you John I just want to bring up another game of course the 1-0 defeat at Lincoln we made one substitution in that game in the 80th minute Bennett's coming on for Lancaster it's a bit of a theme here with Bennett's. he's just coming on for the final 5 or 10 minutes so Uh, are we
3: suggesting then there's not some sort of mad crisis of injuries going on where players are just disintegrating under the terrible threat of playing 46 games which is oh what they've played every season for the last A hundred and twenty odd years um you might think that it's a load of nonsense, just I mean, you used to have as well forty six games Premier League used to used to be um a bigger league as well, so it was forty two games in the in the top flight. You had that you've got the um all the European stuff you've got replays. do you remember Sheffield Wednesday and Arsenal went to about six replays We would won one nil nil and all of that because you have multiple replays in the cup. In the championship and that you had the Simod cup and or the zenith data systems trophy or whatever it was called that year so you had loads and loads of games played all the time and you didn't need to do that I remember the pitch to like box as well in like, those days yeah so. yeah you, you, you have much heavier pitches all of those things and now and now we need to sort of mollycoddle these players who've got sports science um, astounding diets, you've got 18,000 people ready to massage their calves at half-time, and you're just like, no, this is, this, this is bollocks. So, jobs, your thoughts? <laughs>
4: <laughs> brilliant. Hey, I, I, lo- I love following David. It's really great to, you know, to follow David's th- um, brilliant points. Um, I've got to say, twofold. First issue, we can talk about whether it's right for the game, and then we can talk about whether it, what will it do for us. So for me, changing it during the season is a nonsense. If it if it was really needed, like it was when the Premier League returned, you know, during the end of when they finished last season, then we should have started the season in that, that manner, because actually, arguably the players weren't as match fit when we started the season, end of August, beginning of September, whenever September, wasn't it? Um they should be more match fit and more players should be acclimatized if you like now so why change it now it's the timing that doesn't fit well with me if they'd done it at the start of the season you know there was one game where we did play with 10 men didn't we because we had made our subs and uh, uh, I've forgotten who was uh, Downs went off didn't they um, down, and we played with 10 men
2: um, oh MK Downs
4: yeah yes. MK Downs so it would have benefited us in one game um but we know the stats. Lambert doesn't change early and um I, al- I also read and I think I'm right in saying that in the, the championship, they're allowed nine subs on the bench, but in the only league one and two we we're allowed seven subs on the bench. Um, yeah that's correct, yeah. Chances yeah. nine. Yeah, so you look at it and you go, Well if we're if it's a football league decision, why are we doing that? Again, don't like that, because it should be the rules for the, all of the leagues. Um but for, from a town point of view, uh, that you can only make substitutions at three points in the game, so it doesn't slow that down the game. That's what they're saying each side. So you could bring two subs on one, two on another, you know that kind of thing. Um, but only at three points in the game, not set times or anything. But so it shouldn't delay the the, the game as a whole, or used to be used as a tactic. But I don't know we don't use our three subs every game, do we? We don't particularly use them in a timely fashion. The one time he did change things, we ended up wishing we hadn't because we ended up playing with 10 men. So, uh, I'm, we'll go with it. And to be honest, will it benefit us more than other clubs in the league? Probably. Cause we've arguably got a better squad than some of the teams in the league. Do I think it's fair? No.
0: Well, um, We'll go over to you, George. I think there'd be some teams in League One maybe having two goalkeepers on the bench because they may not have enough, you know, players to actually use. So, um, your thoughts on this, George?
1: Yeah, well, well I reckon we will be seeing this, but I think this just benefits the bigger clubs really in, in the Championship, League One, League Two really. It doesn't really help the little clubs Just like you said, they've got to make up the numbers and some of them struggle to make up the numbers. We'll probably see someone from the under 18s thrown into the bench just to just bench trauma really, but. Is this going to benefit Ipswich? Probably not. Lambert doesn't really like making subs anyway. He likes to just watch and then go, I might just throw you on for about a 10-minute run around. You do nothing. That's all good, really. But it's not really helpful. It's more to help big clubs, but why is it coming in now? That's my one thing. If it's going to happen, it should have come in at the start of the season, not two months into the season and go, oh, let's just throw this now. It should have happened at the start of the season, but... Football's a bit crazy at the moment, really, I think we can say still.
0: And uh, Liam, anything else you want to add before we move on? Um,
2: Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't really know why the EFL have done it. Um, Especially, I mean, again, I I agree with everyone else, but it's a nonsense bringing it in halfway when you started, changing the goalposts. Um, I, I think that's that's really unfair. Um, if they were going to do it, they should have started with it. Um, I know that um, when uh, the Scottish Premiership came back, they decided to go for five um, straight off. The Premier League decided to stick with three, which I thought was the right um, decision. But, I mean, if they're going to change anything to do with the five, uh, up to five substitutes, it should be the Premier League. Um, because of the fact that the majority of players who play in the Premier League are going to have, especially in the t- in the bigger clubs, who are calling for it. I mean, it's still unfair. I still think it should be free. But I can see why people would call for it in the Premier League, because you've just had them playing international games, which for me, I think, is, is a nonsense anyway. Um, you're supposed to have all these bubbles and trying to keep yourself protected and stuff. And then, the, and then all the foreign players and, and homegrown players are all jetting off to join their international camps. And, and it's not particularly conducive of, of kind of stopping the virus. But that's more games. They're not getting any breaks out of it. Um, then the bigger clubs have got European action in midweek, all the cup games and so on. And because the Premier League has started later, um, they've had to condense more games in. I don't think that's the same issue in the Championship, League One, and League Two. Um, I don't think it's as congested as that. So I don't know why um, they would do it for Ipswich. I don't think it will make a difference because Lambert seems to be adverse of making substitutions unless he absolutely has to. But the thing, the thing I want to bring up is the stats that you've just you've just listed off. Now the only game where he made a substitute before um, I think it was something like the 70th minute was the crew home game. And Town were leading in that game, and they made a substitution early. The worry for me is the other two games against Lincoln and against Sunderland, the substitutions weren't happening until deeper into the 70s. Um, And in some cases into the 80th in games that we were behind and chasing the game and needed changes. And he didn't make them until too late. That, for me, is a bigger worry than than anything that he's he's clearly he's had to make a change and he's not doing it until late when we're losing the game, when we need to make it. And that that for me and he did the same last season. There were too many, too many substitutions happening right at the end of the game that were not going to make any impact. And, and Keenan bennetts I mean, he must be wishing he can go back to Munch and Gladbad, to be honest, because he, he just, what, what's the point in just kind of chucking him on for five minutes here and five minutes there? If he's a young lad, how much of an impact, unless he's going, unless he is a world class star, that has been given rave reviews and is going to be better than Ronaldo and Messi, then how is he going to make an impact in five minutes? I I, I, I don't get any of that. So, but I mean, I digress uh, five substitutes. Um, it'll, it'll help town because the five substitutes, as everyone has said, will help the teams who have, um, the deeper pockets and so that means they have the deeper squads um and uh more more quality in those squads to to play with um so it should help town um but lambert probably still only make one or two anyway (laughs)
0: yeah and um, of course now we've got some good news coming back with Jackson Norwood coming back fit and some other players as well Um, and the next topic is on Caden Jackson Uh, we'll also go and look at the game this week oh John are you you ready to say something before Uh, you got your mic off Johnny boy oh dear oh dear he's not happy
4: carry on Um, I just wanted to jump in straight away on Caden Jackson OK, that's all. I was just letting you know that I was keen to talk about Mr. Jackson. So, OK,
0: well, um, of course, you know, he came out and said that um, about, you know, working, you know, playing anywhere across the front three. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you know what, let's not you know chuck him out on the wing because he's got the pace for it. Um, but we haven't seen him play there much. So, yeah.
4: Well, for me, he's a good option to have there no defenders in League One are going to want to have a guy with his pace running at them. So I personally would prefer us to start with Edwards on the left, which I say every single week. If we're playing 4-3-3, Edwards on the left, um, depending who's fit, um, say Norwood in the centre if he's fit, um, that kind of thing, um, or big Ollie in the middle if um, if he's not fit. I would have Jackson on the right for a game. Um, I might start with Lancaster, but at 60 minutes, say, right, last 30 minutes when the defenders are are tired, get on Caden. You know, what Caden occasionally lacks in first touch or he he never stops running though and he works hard and I'm a big believer in working hard um, for your team and he's not the best footballer in the world, but um, I think he's got qualities that otherwise we don't have if I was the defender in League One, I would not want to run, uh, play against Caden Jackson because of his pace. And at times, with his, parent, his when we were playing two up top, at times last season when he was up front with Norwood, he was more on the right hand side than he was central. He was cent- certainly on the right hand side of centre. You know, arguably, um, he just needs to learn that role a little bit, but. He could drift into the centre and maybe Norwood drops out right. There's, you know, a bit of fluidity fluidity, and rather than being absolutely rigid, you know, Salah on the right for Liverpool. I'm I'm not trying to compare uh, Jackson to Salah in any way, but in the sense of a 4-3-3, Salah will sometimes go in the middle and Firmino will move. And, you know, Mane will move at times. You look at Man City, you never know who's going to be on which side. A bit of flexibility. I, I think... In this league, we know that individual talent can be enough. Um, and Jackson's got something in this league. You know, I'm not being daft. But if teams like Bournemouth were looking at him, he contributed, was he 11 goals and 11 assists last year? He's no, not
0: not 11 assists, 11 goals, seven assists, but carry on. <laughs> oh,
4: seven assists. Sorry, I exaggerate. I'm just trying to be positive, Ross. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, okay, seven assists. But, you know, that's not bad. Like, he's not a bad player. Um, I, I, I'm, I like Jack Lancaster I would prefer to see Lancaster on the right than I would be in, in the number 9 position um, I would certainly prefer Jackson on the right of um, the front 3 than Alan Judge and he's been given a chance I would certainly prefer him on the right than Gryon Edwards because he should be on the left but anyway, Jack Jackson should be definitely be on the bench and gives us a different option and if we don't start with him on the right then he could always come on and do a job there
0: he sort of took my segue from, you know, eleven goals, seven assists, but I'll still sat anyway. Um he had a good season last year. Unfortunately he's had some injuries and of course he had COVID as well. Um so he's had a stop start season so far. But um Liam, you know, your thoughts on this. Um, you know, I think if you're f you're for a forward, you can sort of play in those different you know, them forward role, them three forward roles are well you can play there if you need if you can. He's got the attribute no, to do that. I think
2: I think I think we all we all said in the, in the earlier pods at the beginning of the season about Jackson and an offer to leave uh, and would we take it. And we all said, yeah, we would take the money because um, we weren't sure about, well, we, don't, we know he's not a lone striker, so we know he, 4-3-3 isn't going to suit him. But, I mean, he's here. He, he hasn't gone anywhere. Um, he did score 11 goals last season. And he is the only real pacey option we have in that forward line. Um, If you look at the others, um, Lancaster and and Edwards as the two wide players are quick to an extent, but Jackson's quicker. And then he's quicker than obviously the other strikers uh, in that uh, central position. But I mean, as you say, I think it shouldn't matter. Um, He should be able to play any of that front three line. And I don't think it'd be a bad option to give him some space down the wing to just go and run at people. Um, Whether his crossing um, and being able to set up goals will will be um, anything good. But then Town are not playing with real traditional wingers. They're, They're playing more with these inverted wingers who come in. So... Which is where Edwards, your boy, has had most of his joy, cutting in and coming into the box to be at the, uh, to get himself into into contention for scoring. So I can't see why he doesn't have, to, why he can't do that. And I mean, I think it would be a massive waste um, of ha- leaving him on the bench and hardly playing. I think he has to be an option because uh, he's the only for that base, that pace could be a game changer against teams who potentially sit very deep he he could be the one that could really help us out in that situation so yeah i i i think he and and he says on that article um, that Stu wrote um that he'll play wherever the gaffer wants him to play and and that and that's the right attitude to have and i think that if he's willing to play down the flanks uh, and give it a go, then I don't see why we shouldn't try it. Um, and uh, he, I think he'll give a much, well, I mean, I'm not going to mention Judge because he's not a wide player. Um, I'm down. I'm down, i down, David. Would, I think he's more effective. Uh, I think he'd be more effective than Sears. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. And uh, so you had up there, George, of um, course, Lambert's going to have a headache soon with all these players coming back, and definitely with, you know, before we were struggling, who's going to be playing up front? Um, and now we've got, you know, Hawkins, Norwood, and Jackson. Of course, you know, Norwood, and you know, still going to have to get his rehab and stuff. He's still going to have to really get full up the speed. But, you know, this is probably the position Jackson may have to play with, you know, the other players in front of him there. So, yeah, you're fortunate. Yeah, it
1: probably will be the position he has to play. But I think it's a good thing for Lambert. He's got a good problem. He's got some players to choose from instead of from. I've got one player here, one player. Here. He's got. It's a good problem to have, a good headache. But Jackson, I think he'd be good down the wing, like you say, a lot of, it will add something to his game. It will change it up, and a lot of League One players, a lot of League One defense, sorry, won't want to play against that. They won't, won't want to play against somebody who's pacing fast. Won't like that, and I think that could that could help it. So that could be the difference of getting playoffs or promotion, or even getting that sort of place this year. And he, he, he was it's his top goal scorer last year, if I'm correct, with those yeah. 11 goals. So he had his own teachers, but he could be a good impact sub as well if he's, you know, if Lancaster's playing or Edwards is playing above him. But I think he'd be really good. And if there's interest from championship clubs, he's got to be playing because they're interested in him. So surely it must be going, he's got to be something. He's got to be good at something if, if other clubs want him. <laughs> but cool. you could add that like john said earlier about that fluidity we could actually have that you know them rotating around and that's something a lot of league one clubs or league one size don't actually do is have that fluidity and that could add something different to this game and cause a lot of problems
0: before i go over to you david i'll get the um, john's a few more comments from him
4: yeah just to add in one thing i was gonna say the other thing about having pace is it draws fouls doesn't it and, and I think that's a real, real asset. If if he's really um, pacey, which we know he is, and he's attacking, defenders are going to not get the ball. He might not get chance to cross cross it. He might not get a chance to run into the box, but he's going to draw players in out, or out of position. He's going to make people commit fouls, which has to be another positive as well. Cool, and David, some final words on this, my friend. I keep saying that. Why do I keep saying my friend? I don't know why. I'm sorry, everybody.
0: Because David. you're my friend.
3: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I keep saying it every sentence. But sorry,
3: just everybody. just to remind me in case I forget and I'm sad. Yes, there you go. Um, well, John said it really. Um, I think that, I think Jackson's wasted through the middle. Um, I said it pre-season that he he'd be much better playing wide right as an inside forward cutting in. Uh, several times last season it was him putting dangerous balls in because when he was playing alongside Norwood he was drifting out to the right and he was putting those balls in from the byline cutting and he he was on the court he wasn't really wide like a winger winger but he was on the edge of the penalty area when he was putting balls in which were really dangerous and I like that and seeing as this year we've finally after about eight years learned that there is a far post and several of our, because we've forgot for years, and the number of times Francine and I used to scream at people because there was nobody on the far post and there was a tap-in. We've learned that. Have him, you know, play him on the right there. Sears hasn't done anything as a wide player, with the exception of one little purple burst, just after um, Lambert took over, for ages, because he's not. He's a striker. He plays off somebody. His best time has been playing with Murphy McGoldrick. Goldrick. He's, he's shunted out there. He's wasted. Jackson, I think, would thrive in that position. The ability to be able to cut straight through as a central striker sometimes, as Edwards has, or to drift out wide and take a player out and create some extra space, get that delivery in there. I think Jackson's ideally suited to the wide right role, basically. And then that also allows Edwards to be on the left, which is where he deserves to be. Nobody except one imbecile thinks that Edwards is anything other than a really, really good left winger. He's not a fullback. He's not a back. He's not a right-sided winger. He's a left winger. He may have mentioned it in the press several times as well. He knows he's a left winger. Jackson over there. Edwards over there. Norwood through the middle. That is a very, very potent forward line. Also, I want everybody fit because it stops Lambert having yet another thing to whinge about when it all goes tits up by saying, ah, yeah, we had some key injuries. Yeah, to that player who's played nine games. Nicely, fully fit side, and then we either succeed and I go, yeah, I was wrong, or it all goes tits up and he's got no excuses whatsoever.
0: Definitely. And, uh, well, we're going to end the pod today with I'm um, looking, of course, at the Schroesbury game on the weekend. We're back in action in League One. We're also going to take a look at the six games that could pretty much that shape the season for town. Um, so I'm going to mention the six games and then we'll go and get our previews on the Schroesbury game. Of course, they're not having a good season at the moment. Um, they probably don't like us because of, you know, Paul Hurst and stuff. But whatever, we don't care. Paul Hurst was not good for us. So, yes. Um, yes, let me get the league table up quickly they are currently sitting 22nd they've got one win out of 11 games so they've not had a good season so far they actually their only win was against AFC Wimbledon Their last few games have been a 3-3 free, free draw with Swindon a 1-1 draw Burton Albion and a 5-1 defeat at Peterborough so we could be seeing goals in this one um, but yeah the other fixtures are of course as I said Rosebery at home of course this is the first of three home games on the trot which I don't, I don't see that often, do you, I don't think? You know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and they're all at home. But um, on Tuesday night, of course, we've got Hull City, which will be a very big game indeed. Then we have Charlton at home. Then we've got Oxford away, and then Plymouth away. So, who would like to take this first? And then we've got Portsmouth at home, the sixth game, because we said there's going to be six games. Um, so, I am going to go over to you, Liam. Um, how are you feeling going to this game and these six games? There's a mixture there. Of some tough games, but also very much winnable games.
2: Um. Well, I mean, I'll start off with with the weekend. Um, it's a game we should win. It's another one of these games that we should win. Um, just a point on Shrewsbury's um result against Swindon in that three-three draw. They are actually three-one up in that game, and they conceded two late goals to to um only get a point. So um. They aren't in good form. And I think the thing we have to look to is, is out of all the absolute crap we had last season, Town beat Shrewsbury 3-0 at Portman Road. So, which was one of the the best results uh, in that season, basically, which shows you how bad it was. Um, So there shouldn't be anything different. Um, there shouldn't be anything different to what we did last season. We should be beating Shrewsbury um and I fully expect we will i think I think we'll win um I'll say 3-0, like last season on that um I think we'll we'll win that game pretty comfortably um Town team to to do the business or have enough against those teams struggling in the bottom half. But, as you said, the other games coming up after that, the the next two in that um back, uh, triple header at home they they for me are the season that that I know people are saying that you could say, oh, there's plenty of time, there's plenty and a bit like what Mike bacon said in his in his um uh, column today, um that yeah, there's plenty of games and plenty of points to be won after this period, but they, 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 we knew they couldn't, they, they, they dropped so many points last season against teams in and around them. They, they had an inability to beat anybody in the top eight. And already this season, Lincoln were top of the table when town went. And they lost the game. And Lincoln, we, we watched that game and okay, it was a penalty that, that decided it. But Lincoln were not good. We're not that good at all. Um and then Sunderland, the other real big game that we've had um in the league so far, and we failed that one. Now again, the the, the officials they were a little bit mitigated there. The officials um I think robbed town of a at least a point. I don't think Sunderland would have won the game without those without uh, the referees um Get uh, getting involved in that game but again it would have been a point again it would have been a failure to make a statement with now we haven't played anyone of the big teams yet at home and we're unbeaten at home actually i think we've won every home game so far in the league so these next two matches after shrewsbury uh hull and charlton charlton i think are the form team in the league at the moment they're they're Without being spectacular, I think they're they they've won a lot of of games um, recently um, and hit a nice bit of form. Uh, Hull City have been consistent. Um, they have dropped a few points here and there, but they've been largely um, consistent throughout the piece. These are going to be two difficult matches, and Town need need to come out of of this, of that, at least this triple header with, with something. Um, I I would, uh, if town come out with seven points, then I think we'd be very happy with that. Um, anything less than seven points. And again, your likelihood is that there's going to be a failure to beat either of the two big sides. And you're probably likely to see that one win against Shrewsbury and there may be a couple of draws against Hull and Charlton or they lose both. They have to win those games because mentally it, it's, it's this. They've got to get that psychological barrier because, as we said earlier in the pod, these teams are not world beaters. They're average. So they've got to go out there. They're at home. This is a chance for town. This next week is a chance for town to really say, look, we aren't the team from last season we're not going to fold like a pack of cards when the going gets tough and that we have got the players and the team that can actually mix it with the better sides in this division and that we are serious about promotion and i think that's how important those two games are um next week of course if we go and lose to Shrewsbury on saturday then well <laughs> um uh, Lambert out already um but the other three games after that um I mean Portsmouth at the end of it again uh, I mean our reserve side um ran close in the FA Cup um and dominated um a period of the second half against them Um had them on the run um so I, and that was largely their first team so then they're, they're not overly impressive and have dropped a lot of points Plymouth away will be tricky because I think it's a long it is a long journey and they have started well and picked up some decent results um, and I think having just come up into the league a bit like Crew, I think they'll be fine I don't think they'll get relegated I think they'll both be teams that will should be able to stay in the division um, so that that won't be straightforward and then, who's who's the other game, did you say? Oxford. Um, Oxford. Well, again, they're in poor form. They're down there. We should be winning that game. So, I mean, six games, 18 points on offer. I mean, with half of them, be, well, with three, three quarters of them being at home, if you add the Portsmouth game, you've got to look to get double figures in terms of points out of that 18 point, 18 point hole. And it doesn't matter that the fact that it's Hull, Charlton and Portsmouth, it doesn't matter who it is. You've got to win your home games. And that, that's that they have to do that to make a statement. So this is a, a real key time. And we said this at the start of the season, but then that they had a decent start um, and the fact that they're third. um, I I, um, answered that poll that the the paper had about where we think Town are at the moment and I said exactly where I expected them to be um, because of the start we had, um, because of the teams that we had and the fact that Town will beat those sides in the bottom half. I expected Town to be fairly high To begin with, but we all said that November and December, where the bigger clubs come in, that's where we're going to find out whether Town are really serious about promotion. And these next six games, um, well, we will be finding out, I think. Because if if Town do not do it, then the second half of the season is pretty much like we'll be either playing catch up or it's going to be a write off.
0: And I want to go over to you, George, next. And um, how are you feeling going into the Saturday? It's good to have a town game, of course. Um, you know, Shrewsbury, what's your prediction? And uh, what, what's your prediction for the, the six games? How many points do you reckon we'll get out of all of them?
1: Well, it's, it's good to have it. So it's back on, team, well, back on, on the Saturday against Shrewsbury. I think it'll be easier win. It would be like last season. I think it will be a 3-0 victory. I'm not sort of copying Liam there, but I think it will be a 3-0 victory. But going into the next six... It's just sort of a little bit like season-defining, really. It's sort of like a period of, if we can't beat Hull on Charlton or get something from those games, it's going to be quite hard. But this sort of reminds me of last season, at sort of this time where we played, was it Blackpool and Wickham, back-to-back at home in quick succession. It, it feels like that. It feels like deja vu ever so slightly. But those are the two big games. You know, Hull, Hull could be first by the time we play them. And you know, the last time we played first, so I don't think it ended too well for us. So yeah. we've got to got to do something there. Charlton, informed team that was it winless. Oh, the um, how many games they won the row? Five, six in a row. So they're the team in form at the moment. So they're going to be one to continue that. And then Oxford and Plymouth, I think there'll be points there. Oxford absolutely struggling down 21st. It's sort of it's quite a big shock because really, they're in the playoff final in the summer. So it's a big shot to see them down there. Plymouth are doing quite well. Uh, I thought they were going to be down near the bottom, but they're pushing, uh, beating their expectations. They're sitting in ninth in Portsmouth. I don't know about Portsmouth. They're currently sitting sick, but how many points can I see from this? I don't really know at the moment. Maybe 10, 10 points. I think mean, if, if, if they can get a draw out of Hull, if they get a draw out of Charlton Hull, I think that'd be a good result. Because they need something from those games. You can't just sort of go, yeah, we're going to get nothing from there. We need something from them. If we can get a draw or something out of them, I think they'll just they'll boost town a little bit because they can go, well, we can actually compete with these size We saw it in the FA Cup against Portsmouth. I know it was a cup game but and all this, but they, they competed with them at some points of the game, only for about 20 minutes or so, but they were up there for once. So I think if they can get, I can't remember how many points I said now, 10, I think that'd be pretty good.
0: OK, all right, then. I want to go over to David, then I'll leave good old John till last. So, David, how are you feeling going into Saturday? We've got a game. I know you hate international breaks. I do as well. Uh, definitely now we're in League One, but, of course, we rearranged the Blackpool game for, you know, a few, about a month ago. So that's why we didn't have no game. Um, but how are you feeling going into these six games and uh, your prediction for the, the points? Um,
3: well, for Saturday... Um, I'm confident Um, yeah I'm pleased it's back because even though we're still banished into our bedrooms to watch the football um, (laughs) like naughty children the yeah Saturday I think we'll win I think we'll win comfortably I think it'll be one of those things where um, we have a a spell of the game either first half or just after half time where suddenly we um, burst into life and we're a different team to the one we were before and we'll run out 3-0, 3-0, something like that. It'll be comfortable. So I'll go 3-0 for Saturday, quite happily. Um, I'm tempted to even go more. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with 3. Um, Shrewsbury will have some shots from distance. They'll cause us a bit of concern. So they'll turn somebody here and there. Um, there'll be a couple of misplaced passes from the back, which they latch on to. But then there's a block or something. And then we'll go down to score the other end. And that'll be it done. Yeah. So Shrewsbury, I'm absolutely confident we're going to win. I'd be, be, be a, even given my criticism, I'd be surprised if we weren't. It's that thing, the gap between the top half of the table and the bottom of the table is that big, I think, in, the, in this division. After that, my confidence ebbs somewhat. I mean, it, the thing is, it, it's very much divided like it was last season. I think we'll beat sides who don't have the resources. I don't think that we'll do it against sides who've got that sort of Rotherham, battle-hardened bit to them. Um, so, Hull, nah. We're not gonna, we're, this, this isn't Joe Royal's side. This isn't going to be undefeated at home all season. It's not Fortress Port, Portman Road. Um, so, uh, I can't see us beating Hull. Charlton's an iffy one. I'm, I'm sort of slightly on the fence with Charlton because I think that... Charlton is slightly flattering to deceive as well. I don't think that... Um, I, I saw a thing about... Um, and I know it's a vagary, but it's a slightly better vagary than possession, I think, is the fact that expected goals... And Charlton and Ipswich are the two who are way above position-wise and scored goals on than the expected. I think Charlton would have dropped by 13 places and we'd have done by 10 if you went by expected goals. So I think that's... That's an interesting one, which could go either way. So I'm inclined to be thinking that's Hedgett, it, say it's a draw. Um, Plymouth, again, I think it's a tricky t- tie. I think it's far harder than it um, might have been, given the fact they got promoted. Um, so I'm going to go for a draw in that one. I think Oxford will beat. Um, and Portsmouth, not an earthly chance. Um, so, <laughs> I think it was at eight points, assuming we do beat Charlton, um, because I just can't see us beating sides who've got the battle hardenings. And Hull got relegated, but they're not a terrible side from that. You know, they're, they're not, they didn't get sort of disintegrated at the bottom of the championship. And Grant McCann, who was there before, has, has got a, a core of a side who's prepared to fight. He's, they're not Rotherham. And I don't think that they are side that we should be frightened of. But I don't think that we've got that wherewithal about us. I mean, I would love to be wrong. I'd, I'd love to see us just turn them over because I think that Hull are there to be taken because I don't think they're great. They're broadly the side that got relegated. I don't think that C- Charlton are much. They've lost some players because of their financial difficulties beforehand. I don't know. They've got a couple more in. But we should be taking them apart. I just can't see it happening. So I think that eight points across that is reasonable it's not promotion form it's not good but it's what i can see coming out of it and if i'm wrong and we come out with 18 points from it then i'll be ecstatic and i'll also be absolutely shocked stunned and amazed um it's i'm sure every performance is going to be fabulous (laughs) <laughs> Whether it's fabulously average or averagely fabulous, I don't know. But it's it's going to be fabulous, whatever it is. And I'm going to love every single second of it. And I'll be standing on the roof, shouting, not a go at the cat, farting in the corner, but about Lambert being a tactical genius. I'm sure that's going to happen.
0: Wow. And then finally, John. How you feeling going into this game? And there's one thing actually we haven't looked at is the team. So I'll let you take over that, John, because I you're normally the man for that. So your your predicted lineup and of course your prediction for the game. And then you also are you agreeing with David or are you agreeing with George and Liam with the you know ten points would be decent?
4: No, I'm not. Okay. Um, I'm really not. I think we need a minimum of minimum of thirteen points.
3: I agree. I just don't think we're going to get it. Mm. Uh, No, I I, I agree
4: agree with that. So, team wise, first for Saturday. Bear in mind that we don't know at this point. We're going on a Thursday night. Any knocks? I'm sure somebody's got a sore one or whatever the expression will be. Um, But you presume Chambers will be. uh, Holly will be in goal. Chambers at right back. You presume Ward will be at left back. Unless he's injured himself during commentary um during the week. Um, um, and I would hope Wolfenden will be in there with McGuinness. That will be my starting center half pairing. But I wouldn't be surprised if Toto plays against his old club um for one of those two. But it's two from that three, and I think whichever pairing from that three it is, we've got enough to beat Shrewsbury. You would imagine. Um, Dazel suspenders isn't he? For this next two, I think, still. But Nolan, McGavin. I would like to see McGavin play this next game in the um, in Dazel's role, um, against the side that is Shrewsbury. And I'm not being disrespectful at the Shrewsbury, well, I am actually, we should beat them. Um, but McGavin alongside Bishop ahead of him, I'm Nolan, um, or it could be Lancaster. I wouldn't play Lancaster in that role myself, but I presume he'll go with... um, I would like to think he'll go with McGavin, Bishop, and probably Nolan. If Norwood's fit, I would start Norwood in the middle. I would play Edwards on the left. Edwards on the left. Paul Lambert for once. Prove you're not stupid. Play him on the left. And I would start Caden Jackson on the right against Shrewsbury and give him that run out with Lancaster on the bench. And um, Bennett's on the bench. You know, we've got an interesting squad there and there's good dilemmas to have. Um, So I think we should, could and will beat Shrewsbury. If we don't beat Shrewsbury at home, my God, we're in trouble. You know, I don't mean in the sense of relegation. I'm talking about in trouble in the sense of what's our ambition for the next few games if we can't win at home against Shrewsbury. So let's say we get the three points there. My dad's a season ticket holder at Hull. He's a Hull boy through and through. I've been in Boothry Park loads of times. been in the KC Stadium loads of times. Hull, a crap, right? <laughs> All right. Not, not as a city, not as a, a club at the moment. Their team flatters to deceive. They've got Jay Emmanuel, sorry Josh Emmanuel, not Jay Emmanuel Thomas, yeah, Josh Emmanuel at right back and Callum Elder at left back, right? We're not talking about really top players here. They lost so many players in the summer. They haven't been playing well at all. My dad's watched most games on iFollow. He says they've been really poor all season. He's he's amazed they are where they are. He says that shows how bad the league is, that they're above us. Uh, we've had a bit of banter. Clearly, I want us to tongue call, so I get the bragging rights over my dad for a while. Um, <laughs> So knowing my luck, he'll be texting me pictures of Rory and Amber, the mascots, um, throughout the game just to annoy me. Um, I think we could and should beat Hull at home or certainly get a score draw if you want. But I think to show ambition, to show what we're capable of and actually to stake a claim for the top two, to beat a team like Hull who are, you know, potentially in the top two well they are in the top two by the time we play Hull you imagine they'll still be in the in the top positions um they'll certainly still be in the top four we need to be getting some points against a big club and they are one of the biggest clubs in the league I can't say it's getting anything against Charlton I've I've got a bad feeling about Charlton um so I think we need the six points from the Shrewsbury-Hull game because I don't think we'll get anything at Charlton I want seven points. Ideally, I would love nine, but I would really like seven points from those three games. Anything less than six points means we're not a top two side. I, I honestly don't think. Um, I'm going to correct Liam on his maths. Four four home games out of sixes in three quarters. It's four, six or 66.6% Liam. Just my teacher bits coming out of me there. Um, <laughs> um, just want to correct the misconception, um, but well done for trying. Um, uh, and then the, the next... The next fixtures, you know, the second set of three, Oxford, Plymouth and um, Portsmouth. Oxford, on current form, we should be getting something. Am I confident in that? Nope. Hmm. Do I think a trip to Plymouth, are we going to be confident? Well, we should be. If we want to be promoted, we should be beating teams like Plymouth on the road. And do I think we should win against Portsmouth? Yes, I do think we should win. I want 18 points from 18. Then I'll be really excited. It's not going to happen. 16 points from 18 would be absolutely wonderful. But I can't see us getting 12 points. Uh, I want us to get... I think we need a minimum of 13 points from those six games to prove that we are going to be in the Jimmy Walker top four. Um, 15 points or 16 points would prove that we're going to be in the top two and set that tone that we can beat teams who are in the top Um, You know, because we didn't do that last season. Well-known fact, we haven't done it this season. But it is like a mini-season in its entirety. These six games are going to be really fascinating. I think we need at least 12, 13 points to to, to even stay in the top four. You know, I really do think we need that. So, um, um, just really pleased that we got a chance to go out there and get some points on the table. Shrewsbury win. I'm going to, I'm, you know, you're all saying 3-0 and I know me, I'm the optimistic one and say 4-1. I'm going to say 2-0. I just can't see us. I think we're going to be a bit rusty. I think we're going to have Nolan back in the side and he might not be, he will have a five out of 10 game rather than the seven or eight that I think he's capable of. Um, whoever plays up front, it's going to be slightly different from what it's been. Um, I, I can't see us beating them as easily or as comfortably as the other guys. Can I hope I'm wrong, Believe me, I'll wish it was four or five. And if it's 4-1, I'll cry because um, that's the usual prediction. So 2-0 against Shrewsby. I think the whole city game will be a 1-1 draw and I'll be disappointed because I think we should win that and then we'll t- deal with the charting game and stuff later. But for me, a real these six games are a statement of our intent and we should be really, really going out there. I've said every time we talk about game, I look on paper in this league, there's no team we should fear. Why should we be scared of playing Hull at home? Because if we're in the Championship, we'd be, we won't be scared of playing at Hull at home. If we're in the Premier League, we'll be bloody delighted to be playing Hull at home. You know what I mean? It's Hull. When I used to go to <laughs> when I used to go to Boothry Park, the bloody stadium backed onto a supermarket. I used to lean against the supermarket wall. This is Hull City, whose owner is worse than ours, according to the fans. I mean, I've got a lot of time for the Alums. They've invested in the City loads. They get loads of shit from their fans. Like, w- they've had more abuse than Marcus Evans gets, but he's, um, the Alam family have stayed with them. Um, the whole City fans hate the club at the moment. The players aren't that good. Why should we be fearing them? But suddenly, because, oh, we don't beat big sides. We're all saying, oh, we we need to... We're playing Hull City at home, for God's sake. Why shouldn't we go and win? Charlton, they're a big side for League One, but we're the biggest side in League One, apart from Sunderland and maybe Portsmouth. We shouldn't be scared. Let's go and get some points on the board.
0: Well said, John. And i have got a few hands up here. We're going to finish off with David and Liam. Um, Liam, over to you, mate. Have you got some things to add, what uh, John said? And also, your, your team selection. Are you agreeing with John with the team selection?
2: yeah. Um I, I would I, I would definitely play McGavin and I would definitely play McGavin against Hull. Uh I have no issues with that. Um I mean it's only one game against Portsmouth in the FA Cup, but he he gave Town a whole different dimension uh from set pieces. Uh I I I don't think in in the last couple of seasons I've actually seen set pieces um, that have been anywhere near that level. They've been whipped. It was whipped in, and it was dangerous. Whereas most of the time, it's just floaty crap that doesn't go anywhere. So um, I think he can add to that, and I think he's a very tidy player. So I think he just fits the Dazelle mould um, very easily. Uh, I completely agree with everything that John has said, but I just wanted to to make a point um, uh, that was made a bit earlier about. Um, maybe, uh, I think it was George said it, about um, uh, we we obviously want to make a statement um, and that two draws against Hull and Charlton next week um, shows that we'll compete. Um, and I agree, two draws are far better than uh, being beaten in both games or, or or obviously losing one of them. But I just think for where the club is and what John said there that we're Ipswich and it's it's whole city. It's it's not it's not um it's it's not a Liverpool, it's not Manchester City, it's whole city. We should be looking at that game and at home and against Charlton. I still think they'll be both very tough games, but we should be looking to at least win one of them. If we draw the other then I don't see that as being too too bad, but we have for me we have to win one of those two games next week. Um, we can't. I think two draws is a failure because I just think two draws. Yeah, it shows we we can compete. But we competed last season. We drew with Sunderland at the start of last season. We drew with Blackpool. We drew with Wick- um, Yeah, we drew Wickham, uh, who were all in those areas. We drew with them but we didn't get that statement win we didn't get that statement win and that for me is what's needed this season and for these next two games coming up next week after the Shrewsbury game we have to win one of them to actually show that we're serious as what John said um and hopefully we can we we sh- we can win all of them we can win all of those six games coming up um but will we probably not, and um, I'll tell you right now, I think if we are sitting uh, with less than less than six points, at least from the next three matches, then um, the, the Lambert outcalls will, will certainly rise, and uh, I mean, it's a de- I'm not going to start a debate on whether Lambert will be gone or before Christmas, but he he will certainly um, be in big, big trouble. Um, if he doesn't get that statement win against one of the bigger teams, everyone will be back going, we can't do it against the better size. It's exactly last season. We need the change. Um, and I, I think that is likely to happen. Um, but we do need to win one of those games to really make a statement. Otherwise, I think the the season again is just it's just going to go downhill again.
0: And um, over to you, David to finish off. I don't know if George has got anything else to say, but I'll go over to you, David first.
3: <laughs> I, I I agree with John's team exactly. He's exactly yeah. what I play, um, so um, I'll be his assistant manager for the day. Um, <laughs> it, I, and and equally, I equally agree with with what I said. There is the fact that we shouldn't be sitting here discussing Hull, Charlton and the likes as being big clubs. We shouldn't be sitting there and going, yeah, Oxford aren't doing very well, but maybe that's a tricky game for us. They're, what, second, third from bottom. They've had a shocking start to the season. Last season, they didn't go up because they weren't even the second best side, the third best side, sorry, the second best side behind Rotherham. You know, it's, they're not great. We shouldn't be doing that, and as I said way back at the start, when I one of the things you know, we should be looking at this with the arrogance not the arrogance of saying we're Ipswich, we've we won the FA Cup in 1978, we deserve to win the league. We should be saying that on the basis that we've got a damn good squad on paper, we've got players who've got championship, Premier League experience, we've got the players who are, have been at the club for a number of years and know how each other play. You've got a manager who, and I know it's a piss take, we've got a manager who has played at a very high level. I know he reminds us a bit, but he has. You know, I think he played in
4: Germany as well, I'm not sure. No. So
3: he's got the inter- <laughs> It's a shame I didn't know that. But when, <laughs> you know, when you look at all of that background, we should be going out on there saying... Right, if we're going to lose this, you're going to have to do something special or it's going to have to be a dubious referee. That's what we should be looking at. We shouldn't be looking at these sides as equals. We shouldn't be looking at Shrewsbury and saying, yeah, well, you know, this, that and the other. They're not. Nor is Sunderland, actually. They're not anything much. They've struggled for several years now to make the playoffs in this division. And the last time they won anything was 1935. They got to the 73 FA Nin- Cup final.
4: 1973, Ian Porterfield.
3: Did they win that? Uh, I apologise. The last time they won the league was 35 then. Yeah? Is that 35 the league?
4: I think so. I think so. Before my time, David.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I apologise for the FA Cup there. But they, they're not not a big side now, is what I'm saying. Is They've got a history behind them. But they aren't something we should be frightened of either. And that's what concerns me about all of these discussions, is we're looking at sides which we shouldn't be frightened of, we shouldn't be fearful of, and we are. And that includes the likes of Oxford, who, what, a milk cup final in 82, was it? Um, <laughs> it's the pinnacle of their career at the Man Grand. You know, it, it's... that that That's... How far oh, our debate has fallen, and it shouldn't be. We should be looking at anything less realistically than sixteen points being a disappointment. From this, realistically speaking, that's what I mean. You look at a draw away somewhere because you've got a long journey to Plymouth, or they're tired, or there's a dubious referee. Anything less than sixteen should be a disappointment. Thirteen is the bare minimum, but I just can't see it. That—that's—that's that's the problem. That's why I have such a problem with the management structure. That's why I agree so much with Jimmy Walker. Because our standards are so low and our expectations are so low that if we get a point against Oxford and a point against Hull and beat Charlton, we'll be going, yeah, we're on the road to the playoff. (laughs) Seriously?
0: (laughs) Well, Well, lads, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Welcome, George, making his debut today. David, John, and Liam on the Game Day Extra Time podcast. Um, I'm going 18 points. Let's do it then. As, um, as David <laughs> said, you know, we can't be fearing these teams. So 18 points, why not? Um, normally our predictions are right. So, uh, you know. Can I just
2: ask,
0: uh, what, what just ranking
2: uh, for yourself, what is the most, more absurd prediction, this 18 point or Guion being top goal scorer?
0: Well, I've got the proof that Guion is, you know, top goal scorer at the moment. <laughs> and... Uh, and what David said about all the teams we we're playing, um, we should be beating these teams because they're they're not big teams. So eighteen points. Exactly. There. But um, I just want to add one more thing. Of course, um, Friday when this will be going out, or it could be going out on Thursday night. You never know. So you'll be could be listening very very soon. Um, of course, it is Football Shirt Friday, um, and this week it will be for charity. So um, I know Thomas Segans, good old Thomas seggins He's involved in that a lot. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys will be involved on it either. Um, but if you are, then enjoy Football Shirt Friday. Um, but yes, I've been Producer Ross. Thank you all for listening once again. We'll be back on Saturday for the game day, talking about the Shrewsbury result. Hopefully it is a win. And we'll uh, also be back for game day on Tuesday as well for whole City. Uh, thank you, John, for all those stats from your dad and all that. That was really good to hear. Um, anyways, hope you've enjoyed this week. and we will speak to you next time.
2: From true crime to football, Brexit to hopeful. for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com/channel/archon.